Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a new listener, uh, my name is Daniel Badaracco. My mission is to provide new and interesting perspectives in the world of golf uh, via long form, you know, interviews with really interesting people or people I find interesting. If you're a regular listener, I really appreciate you. You know I do. Like this podcast literally means the world to me. Uh, I really enjoy delivering you guys as much value as possible. So this week I have on an amazing and really interesting guest. His name's Sam Yee. Sam Yee is an absolute stick. Uh, he played golf professionally, qualified for US Ams, has shot 64 all the time in tournaments. I mean, he's won a ton as well. Uh, and not only that, He's an amazing creator as well. I mean, he's been able to foster and develop a, a really solid community online. And on top of that, he's an entrepreneur. I mean, the guy literally does it all. So Sammy started um, Story Golf, which is uh, a really cool and up-and-coming golf brand. Their specialty or their special product is a golf sun sleeve. So think about, uh, you know, like a shooter sleeve on both arms. It protects you from the sun, but it's also like pretty swaggy. It looks, it looks pretty cool. I'm excited to get mine uh, in the mail here shortly. Uh, we get into sort of his background, his playing career, uh, him working with Butch Harmon, him transitioning out of professional golf and into entrepreneurship. We kind of cover all bases here. Sam's super accessible. You can just follow him on Instagram at Sam Yee Golf. You can also send him an email. Um, Sam Yee, that's S-A-M-Y-I golf at gmail.com. And also you can support him with buy, excuse me, you can support him by buying one of his sleeves or some of his products, some of his merch on his website. I'll link uh, his website in the episode description. But if you use the code FIO15 at checkout, you'll get 15% off. So that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. And I would really appreciate if you gave me five stars. Again, this podcast really means the world to me. And at the end of the day, like I just want to provide you guys with value. And that's kind of my go-to. It's either entertainment, you know, comedy, just a different interesting perspective in the world of golf is really what it's about, what it, what it is about for me. Uh, so again, please give me five stars on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Google Music, wherever you're consuming this podcast. And also give me a follow as well. Each week, you know, it's getting a little bit better uh, from a quality standpoint. So I plan on doing this for a really, really long time. And I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Sam, I really appreciate you, man. I think you're a legend. I look up to you as a, as a mentor and I can't wait to meet you in person. Here's the episode. Enjoy. How are you, dude? Dude, I'm sorry. I was I was actually in another link. I was waiting. I was like, oh, did uh did Daniel forget? No, man. I'm not missing this interview, baby. You're like uh it's super inspirational to me. I think you're you're a really awesome guy. Um but dude, I'm also kind of going that. through something right now too. There's this guy who's who's blocking my driveway and I have a tea time at like 1.30 and I was hoping to go to this golf course. I'm in San Diego. It's it's called Palma Valley. Have you ever played there? I've never played there, but I know Jock Jones. He's a member there, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know Jock, but it looks pure. I don't know. I've never been. I've always wanted to go, but this guy's blocking my driveway, dude. So I can't get out of my freaking house. So I might miss the time. Oh my God. Are you serious? Like he, not, he, why, why isn't he moving? Dude, I have no idea. He's just there and I'm like trying to get his car towed for the last like hour so I can play golf, dude. Cause I only get to play like once a week, you know? Did you have a talk with him? No, I have no idea how to get a hold of this guy, man. So 
Oh, you don't know whose car yeah, it is. I have no idea whose car oh, this is, bro. No way. How far does it take for you to get it's there? It's like an hour drive from San Diego, too. Uh, but you're not over yeah, here. We'll see, man. No, but but at the end of the day, man, like I think you're a huge inspiration, really, from like a creator standpoint, but then also a business standpoint. So I'm super stoked to have you on, man. No, I really appreciate it. Um, would it be easier if I put my headphones on? Would that be better for the audio? Uh, I can hear you fine. Um, and then I can adjust the audio okay. afterwards. So Please. yeah, no worries. So, no, so no where worries. are you from, man? Have you always grown up in LA? Yeah, I grew up in the Valley. Um, I grew up in Northridge. And uh, right now, currently, I live in Burbank, California. This is my warehouse. We're actually, we're, we're in my office. This is um. This is in Tahunga, California, but it's kind of near um, Angeles National Golf Club. No, I think I've seen that on your yeah. YouTube channel. So is that where all like story will basically be kind of like distributed out and you'll shoot a bunch of content or what's what kind of goes down at HQ, man? Yeah, so to be dead honest with you, it's very private because I don't really, I don't do much content here. It's not like big enough for me to do content in my screen area. It's a little too small, but all I really do here is fulfillment calls, meetings, like, or, you know, sometimes I, I need, I want to just practice. Like it's been raining a lot. So I just, I just come in and hit some. Wait, so do you have like a track man in there as well? Or what kind of like setup do you have? I have a foresight. Okay. I have a foresight. Nice, yeah. Um, I wish I could pick up my computer and take you there, but if it unplugs, it turns off. So. Okay. Well, dude, let me, let me come up sometime, dude. I want to shake your hand, meet you in person. Come on. Yeah, come up. Um, maybe we could do another podcast, like lot, like in person. Yeah, dude, I would love that. I would love that. So, so when did you start playing and like taking golf super seriously, man? So I started golf when I was nine, and then um, I didn't really start. People don't know this about me, actually. So this is, I'll just say it here. I started golf when I was nine. I moved out of my house when I was fifteen, and um, I lived with my golf coach, who is an LPG Tours dad. So LPG Tour player's dad. This wasn't Butch then. This wasn't Butch. Because, dude, if someone looks at your, your your profile, like, we see Butch. I saw you just posted something with Butch, too, which is fucking – or, excuse me, which is really cool, which is super badass. But sorry yeah. to interrupt. My bad. No, 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 not at all. And I don't care about your person. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but, um, I uh, yeah, I, Butch was later on. But 15 to, like, 18, I lived in this house – with Jane Park and her dad. Jane Park is on the LPG tour. Um, she's not on the LPG tour anymore. Um, but yeah, I lived with her dad. And then after when I was 18, I moved back home and I was just, my dad was just like, my dad's style is like, I, my dad's like, I don't know how to golf. So you have to figure out how to like get to the pros. Um, I can help support as much as I can, but you gotta, be cost efficient and figure out like who you need to get coached by, figure out how you're going to get to the next level. And honestly, at the time it was like, dad, like I need your help, but it was really helpful for me to do it on my own at that time. No, cause because you so great about golf. Like you learn a lot. That's mm -hmm. I want my kid to play golf. Cause you learn so much about yourself and like how to grind and discipline. But then coupling that with like being independent too, is just like, all right, that's going to, you know, force you to become a good player and force you to figure it out. Right. So this guy, was he like, oh, uh, yeah. was it, were you still in the Valley at this point or were you, um, like, did you move somewhere else? I went to Rancho Cucamonga way before it was even developed. Like Rancho Cucamonga was like nothing. There's nothing there. 
I did nothing. I, all I did was golf, go home, you know, I was doing independent studies. So I was going to school like once a week. So I had to do all the work on my own. And then I would take a test every week. And if I didn't pass the test, all the homework that I did meant nothing. So it's like, that was stressful. But, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't a big deal. But back then I was like stressed. I was like, if I don't pass this test, I got to do the whole week all over. Dude, and you didn't have like chat GBT. <laughs> it's like. No, I didn't have chat GBT, man. If I, chat, I'll, I don't condone this, but I was, I was king at like kind of shortcutting stuff with homework and tests. Well, dude, I was, like, you're king focusing at, like, just, on what mattered, which is golf at that point. Cause like your goal at that point was always to become a PGA tour pro, right. And, or play professionally or like, what were you working toward? Man, I was, dude, I was wearing a, um, I got this, I remember getting this green jacket from TJ Maxx and I'd wear it every morning just, just cause like I wanted to be a master champion so bad. Like at that time, and when I was at that house, from 15 to 18, my goal was to win the U.S. Amateur. It was because if I won the U.S. Amateur, you get into the Masters, right? So at that moment in time, all I knew was I'm living with a U.S. Women's Am champion. Jane won a U.S. Women's Am. So she's a USGA champion. So I'm like, I'm talking to her. I'm, you know, she's so good at golf. At that time, she was like top 10 in the world. And I, I was so lucky to be in that house, you know? But um, Jane was, like, the first person to, sh- like, really just show me the ropes. And she really, like, man, she, yeah, she show- showed so me like, what like, iron sharpens you know? iron. But to be around people that are, like, freaking grinders, too. And then the dad, I'm assuming, was he, like, a PGA guy? Like, he was, like, certified and, like, her instructor through everything as well? or she, He was instructor the whole way, but he wasn't PGA certified at all. Did you play in college at all? Or? Well, I turned pro, like, I turned pro when I was, like, 20. Like, um, I didn't go to school. I actually qualified for the USM. And then I think I qualified for the USM when I was 20. And it was, it was this whole thing. My dad was like, my dad's a businessman. So he looked at me as an investment. Like, obviously, he's my dad. He loves me. But at the same time, which I don't blame him, is he's spending money. So he needs to see a return on his What's money. Which is ROI. Yeah. Which is ROI. So if... And if my dad is looking at me, he was a, he was reasonable too. He's like, look, I'm not telling you to win everything. I'm just saying, are we seeing progression? Cause I'm paying money. So my dad was like, look, I don't know what's been going on with your game, but if you don't qualify for this USM, like we're going to have to sit down and talk about you not playing golf with me. Bro, qualifying for the USM is not easy, right? Like 36 holes in one day, three spots. And I made a like fifty footer on the last hole of ball. Shit, dude! Was, Are you serious? A fifth, dude! Take me through that because that had to feel so good. Oh man! Like my, I had one of my best friends caddy for me. It was at North Ranch, tw- two thousand eleven. And if you qualify, you play Aaron Hills, where they played the, where Brooks Koepka won the US Open. I was leading after the first round. I was playing well, and then I was choking. I was choking, and then. The last, I think I was like even, I got back to even par after being three under. So I was leading and then I got to even par. And I had four holes left and I, I think I birdied the last two. I shot 200 last three holes. Dude, stick. Where it counts too. Dude, so for you, what, when was there a point where you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm getting good or, or like when, when did you start really to see that progress in your game? Was it when that 15 to 18 sort of range when you were living with, uh, what was her name again? Was it Annie? 
Jane Park. Jane, Jane Park. Excuse me, Jane. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, so 15 to 18, to actually 15 to like 20, I didn't know who I was. I thought I was just like, I doubted myself so many times. I was like, well, I don't know if I should be doing this. I had so many friends that were just so good. I was like, I don't know. I don't have any, uh, I don't have bandwidth. I don't have data to, sh- to back my dream. Like, oh, I want to be on the PG tour, but what have I shown, you know? And I really started like feeling like I could do this when I won a Korean event. So there was a, there was a Korean tour, not a Korean tour, a Korean event, big Korean event held in California. Is that the you? It's right on your story, or right on your bio, right? It's like in 2014 or something, or no? So that is after okay, this. Sorry, I get excited, so, man. I'm just stoked. Like I'm, I'm stoked because I watch your content all the time. To have you on the pod is just like it's awesome, dude. No, dude, I appreciate it. I seriously do. Um, no, I appreciate you letting me say my story too, because I don't really, I don't go on my social media and like promote. Oh yeah, I'm a champion or whatever. Like I've won. I've probably won over 40 events in my life, dating back from junior golf to now, yeah, not as a pro, but junior golf, amateur pro, over 40 events, easily. Um, but yeah, with the short form reels, like at the end of the day, it's like a quick dopamine kind of thing. Like, how can you like give someone this value? Like, you know, that's what's also cool about your stuff or like, how can it be aesthetic? But that's why I love sitting down with like creators and guys that I see on Instagram all the time, because you don't know like their true story and that to me is a big part of it and that's like my mission is i want to like you know help people sell their story kind of thing oh yeah i'm I'm on par with you like i it's honestly why my brand is called story i'm sure we'll get into that later but uh yeah i mean when i when i won the korean event it was in lost canyons in california it's in simi valley of course that's not there anymore but it was it's a really hard course so there's a lot of good players playing and i won um, 36 hole tournament and it was all over the newspaper all over Korean news media and it wasn't a, it was it was cool but it wasn't like a crazy big deal but for me it was kind of like okay I can I can play I can play when it kind of counts you know because it was a little there was some hoopla behind it and after that kind of got some momentum I got to the third third st- I got to the final stage of Japan tour so there's four stages. Wait, at this time, were you 20? Like, this was after USAM, too. Just trying to lay it out contextually for the people. This is after? Okay. Yes. So, sorry. So, yeah, USAM is in, was in um, August when I was 20 years old. And then it got to um, – I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I was 20. And then it got to months forward. I played my Japan Q school, get past first stage. This is where I was like, whoa. Second stage in Japan, I had to shoot 69 the last round to qualify to get to third stage. I shoot 64. And I was like, okay. You're sick. 64 final round is just fucking filthy, man. Yeah, I had to shoot 69 because yeah. I, I knew I got it. You, you by look five. at the number. <laughs> like, yeah, and, my, and I, I remember calling my dad because I was just there with my friend. And my dad thought I was lying. He was like, oh, you know, because I've never shot that low. In like a Q school or a pro event, 64 was, is, you know, it's a pretty good score. And uh, especially in that moment. And uh, after that, I was like, okay, like I got, I think people don't know this. One thing that people don't know is when you're a pro, it's not good enough to shoot low scores. 
you have to shoot low scores when it matters. So like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you can shoot 67 with your boys. That's great. And I'm not knocking that score. But if you can't do that when it counts, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not a 500 guy. You know, so that's why, you know, when I play practice rounds, I don't really play good. I, I only really play good. My best golf is in tournaments because I'm focused. I'm locked in. Yeah. So. Sorry, I went on no, a tangent. Dude, that's why the, the whole point of this is the tangent. Like, I welcome the tangent because that's how we get into like a really good yeah, stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? So, so you, so then what happened? Yeah. So that was like cute. That was round three, right? Of the uh, like the Japan qualifying. So then what happened in round four? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, that was round four. That was the last round. Oh, oh, you're talking about um, the stages. Yeah. So did you end up getting on the Japan tour oh. then after all this or no? No. Okay, so this is okay. Now we'll get into the story. So I didn't qualify on the Japan tour, but I did qualify for like their challenge tour, which is a uh, secondary, like Corn Ferry. Um, played a couple of those, not great, but so that was November. Okay, now fast forward three months later, the One Asia Q School is in California, Industry Hills, I course, and this tour is co-sanctioned with Japan. Europe, Australia, China, Korea, and you get into 14 events if you win. The winner gets into 14 major events, and second place to fifth place gets into like five, and then sixth place to tenth place gets into like three. And, um, you know, I have momentum on my side, I'm playing well at this point, and then I win. I shoot like 15 under for four rounds. Um, I have it. You can look it up online. Uh, the, the list is pretty impressive. Um, a lot of guys doing big things, you know, way more than I am in the golf scene, like competitively. But, yeah, I won that. And then I unintentionally qualified for the Japan Tour. Like, they're Did you blow the field out at that point? Because, you, like, you had said you had to shoot 69, you shot 64. Like, what, what kind of victory was that for uh, for you, man? Um, yeah, so the one Q school, I was five up going to the last round. And then I don't know. I only win that by one. Oh, really? So it was like it was tough to win. Like I never been in that position. I'm up five going the last round. Everyone thinks they would like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fall out. No, like you, you're going through a mental like you're going through a mental circus that round because you're thinking, oh, I want. I I wanted to win by ten. That was my initial mindset. Um, but I'm going in. I'm like, oh, I'm. I'm like one over to four. I'm like, okay, I need to chill. I need to not hitting the ball that great. I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Everything is like, oh my God. I got like shit talking going on like over here. And oh my God, I need to chill. Um, so, but yeah, I ended up winning and it was, uh, it was actually bittersweet because I actually always think winning that was an Achilles heel to my career. How do you, how so? What do you mean by that? Because that's the first thing. If you look at your Instagram bio, it says that's like the number one thing. And then it goes down to like story founder. So it must sit with you. Like you think about it still like a lot or. So my peers know this about me, but a lot of, I think people in the golf world don't know. I started struggling with my driver like bad. And so like it started happening out there. Wait, what was your miss? Because what, what kind of ball flight do you typically? Way like right. a big old swipey. It was way right, and then it started left because it was going way right, and then now and then it got 
so mental that I was I don't even want to play. It got bad. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to struggle like that when there's like no one watching, but then I'll be struggling doing that like with thousands of people watching because I'm going to break it down for you. <laughs> I was struggling. Um, and I was putting the championship category in the groups. So like I'm playing with good players, right? So what does that mean? People are going to watch good players. So I'm in that group. So I'm playing bad in that situation. You know, I remember like Luke Donald's caddy was, I was playing with Tom Lewis. I remember playing with Tom Lewis. He's one of the best players in the world now. I was, man, I shot in the 80s. I remember. It was bad. And Dude, I saw something on Instagram. It was like, people don't realize, I can't remember. I think someone tweeted this, but it's like, people don't realize like you're one bad swing away from like quitting the game of golf, like the professionals. Cause it's like so mental. Oh, so oh, yeah, Max Homa. Or was it Max Homa? Yeah. That was a recent tweet, dude. And that kind of just comes to mind now. Cause like, dude, you're such a stick. You've won 14 under 64, but you're in a place where you're thinking about quitting and just kind of giving it up. Cause it's just that draining. And like, I've obviously never played and dude, I'll probably never be that dude. Even making like, Eight birdies in a, in like a two weeks, a month would be sick for me. You know what I mean? You make them in in one day, and I'm just like, dude, you you'd think like, okay, you know, this guy's got it or it's fine or whatever. But it's just interesting to hear from your perspective as like a pro. You know what I mean? Because not everyone is like that. Not everyone knows what that feels like. You know? You know? You know what I feel like? I feel like I'm I'm a guy that is not. I don't really, I really, tr- and like, I'm not trying to say this to be humble. Like, I truly believe this. I don't believe I'm someone that's talented at all in golf, like zero. But then like, I really worked hard. And then when I got to the big stage, I realized all the hard work I put in, that, that wasn't enough to get to the next level. It's like, you know that, you know that, you know the, you know the phrase working smarter is better than working harder, right? Like that cliche phrase. It couldn't be more true with me because I'm someone and I'm someone and my family, our background, we knew nothing about golf. Like my mom and dad started golfing because of me. They didn't golf before me. Like my, my mom and dad picked it up like five years after I started golfing. And so I really had to find my own way. And I feel like how I found my way was, was good, but I don't think I was around enough people growing up where I was really kind of like understanding how to, um, I guess, sorry, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I would play golf with my friends that are in college, like USC, UCLA, and how they structure their game, I didn't have that. I was like, I was a raw ass player. I was just, let's go out and figure it out. I wasn't like, Mapping out the course, managing. I was like, no, I'm going to go and figure it out. And I made it hey, that, that way. That resonates with me. That's the name of the podcast, baby. Figuring it out. It's like, that's all we can do. No, like, I'm not even trying to, yeah, figure I was. Can I use that as a soundbite? Of course. Um, Dude, what was your inspiration then? Like, how did you get into golf? Like, was it Tiger? Because, I mean, a lot of people our age, it's always like a Tiger or something like this. Like, for you, what was it? Like, what was that first thing that you're like, okay, I want to try this? Cause I was the same way. My family didn't come from like this golfing background. I was raised by like my mom and it was just like something she kind of put me in 
And I just fell in love with it, you know, because I could do it by myself. And I've always been like, enjoyed kind of my own space thing. And, and golf was perfect for it. And that was it for me. But for you, like kind of looking back and reflecting on it, what was the moment where you're like, oh, I want to pursue this? Or like even the spark of fucking the joy for golf? Um, so my uncle took me one time to a range and like, I was like, oh, I'm not bad at it. I was like 10 or I was nine. And then, um, I was playing basketball a lot. Like basketball was my sport. All my friends played basketball. Um, I actually grew up with a buddy that played travel ball with Avery Bradley. And so, and I played in that circle and then fast forward to high school, all my friends grew up and I didn't grow. So that's when I was like, okay, I want to play sports, but I can't play basketball. I can't play football. I can't play anything else. Golf seems like the only sport that I have potential in. So I think at a young age, I knew I was very self-aware. I was like, oh, golf is probably the sport that I have the most potential in. So it was like a default. It wasn't even like I wanted to. It was, I would have played basketball if I could. You know, I'm 5'10 and not quick. I was a shooter. Shooter, shoot, baby. Dude, was your short game always pretty nasty? Because kind of like watching on Instagram, like, dude, some of these spinners, that's what it was for me. Like just seeing how nasty you are around the greens. And I, I just love to go out and, and just get like flippy with wedges and, and hit these shots, different trajectories. Was it always like that for you? Did you always love short game over like full swing and, and drivers and stuff? See, so this is how I look at it. And this is going to go, this is a theme of our talk today, okay? So just keep that in mind. I am good at short game because I didn't hit the ball well. Do you feel me? So you have to figure out a way to survive, right, out there. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm not the best ball striker, so I better get my short game tight. You know what I mean? It it goes back to being self-aware, and that's like my whole life. Like I struggled with uh, my dragger, right? I struggled with golf, so then I turned it into a brand, and I turned that into story. Because for me, it's like I'm not going to give up 23 years of – the relationships I made and all the stuff that I built, not just because I hit the ball back. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, I refuse to accept it like that. Kind of like hitting the ball bat, I refuse to score bad because I'm hitting a ball bat. I better figure out how to putt and chip. Like, that's just kind of how I always look yeah. at it. Figuring it out, baby. Dude, so what's your favorite way? This is bouncing around, but what's your favorite way to win a golf tournament, dude? Do you just like to blow the field out or do you like to just kind of, you know, start with the lead, then creep back in, bring the guy, let the guy in and then finish him off or like, well, because you said you had won 40 events. So what's the best way to win? Yeah. I like winning it on the last hole. Like that's just my dream. Like I've, I probably did it a couple of times as a junior golfer. I did it one, the USM. I mean, that's not a win, but it's still like for me, it was big. Uh, yeah. Like on the last hole, you have to make a putt. That's my man. That's my thing. I love that. That's dope, dude. That's dope. All right. So then, when were you like, all right? Because you talked about your driver, kind of again bouncing around. You talked about you're hitting it right. Was there a point where you're like, okay, I, I can't play golf professionally, or or what was that like? Can you walk us kind of through that mentality or that frame of mind? No, I, I, yeah, I, I fought for five years. For five years, I couldn't do it. Like literally. I mean, that's not true. Okay, sorry, let me rewind. So I started struggling really bad. I was really struggling bad for two and a half years, three years. 
like that. Like I'm just like. Are you playing mini tour events I, like I all over the U.S. and stuff, or as well, or? Oh yeah, like I'm. Yeah, and like I was a good player, so I could still shoot 72, 75, but it was gross. It was like I'm hitting four greens, shooting even. Like I was nasty, you know, with the wedge, and so that happened. And then I tore a ligament in my thumb during a tournament. So that took me out for a year. Um, it sucks because I was getting my game back with Butch. So, okay. I want to get into Butch, dude. 20, uh, three, four years. Butch is like, huh? I just think Butch is a legend, dude, because he's worked with like everyone. It's crazy that you work with Butch. He's a legend. Like, so, okay, I'm 31. I'm about to be 32. I first met Butch when I was 25. And so when I was 25 – that's when I was just like, okay, like, um, I think I need the best of the best help because like, I'm just shitty, right? I'm done. And I wasn't even going to see Butch. I was going to school. So I didn't even know if I was going to see Butch, to be honest. Is that in Vegas then? But Butch was there. someone who doesn't know Butch in, Vegas. in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. In, Ve- in Vegas, he has his own spot in the Rio Seco golf course. And, man, I'm just like – Seeing the school, he has like three coaches under him. Butch happens to be there. And I'm like, oh, cool, he's here. So I'm the only like pro there. Everyone else like, oh. And so he looks at me, he's like, what's your deal? Like, what, what's going on with you? And I'm like, man, I, I can't hit the ball. And I'm hitting it, I'm flushing it on the range. Because I can hit it on the range. But when I go to the course, it's all bad. And Butch is like, what are you talking about? Like, you're hitting it good. And I'm like, nah, like you'll see on the course. And so we go on the course, I'm hitting like crap. And like, I'm just being so blunt and honest to Butch because like, there's no, there's no reason to blow smoke because Butch has seen it all. <laughs> Butch has literally seen everything. Yeah, like why would I, I didn't even tell Butch that I won q I didn't even tell him because I was just like, what's the point of saying that, you know? And so he, we had, we had lunch after and he's like, yo, what's your deal? Like, what's going on, you know? What have you done? And so because he asked me, I did end up telling him later, like, hey, yeah, like, I did this, this. He said, no, I can see you have talent. And I'm like, yeah, I'm very grateful for everything you you saw, this and that. But you know what? I think I'm going to quit. Just like <laughs> that, like, the first day you met Butch, you said you were going to quit at lunch? Third grade. So, yeah, it was like a three-day school. And the third day, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm done. And then Butch was like laughing. He's like, dang, you got some balls, kid, to say – you're going to quit golf after coming to my school. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. I didn't think about it like that. And so he said, look, I'm gonna, I want you to come back one-on-one with me. Like, I think you're a really good kid. I think you have a lot of talent. Um, you're, you're like he I, – I think he definitely saw talent in me, but I just think he liked me as a person because – he didn't need to see me. He didn't need to give me the time of day, like, honestly. But he did. And he saved my, like, this sounds extreme, but he saved my life. I was in a bad place. Because think about it. Like, 15 years old, I invested this game. 10 years later, I feel like I had nothing to show for it. And comes along this guy named Butch Harmon. He's taught Tiger Woods, um, Dustin John, all these guys. I can name. He just got... Uh, voting the Hall of Fame of Floyd Mayweather in Nevada, like for sporting games. You know, it's like, this guy's crazy. Um, and yeah, man, the rest is history. I, we have a relationship. 
he supports me with my brand. You know, he wears my product. And I just saw him. I'm seeing him next week again. I shadow his schools. He's like, come through, shadow the schools, meet the guys. Dude, like, so what's right. Butch like on like a from an instructor perspective? Like, is he super technical or or what's he like? Does he is he more of like a mental guy? Like, does he make you feel good? Because at that point, at that point, you're already you have the talent, right? And I feel like a lot of it at that point, and I don't know anything, right? I don't know, but I feel like a lot of it is just something that goes on in your mind. Like, does he really kind of get in your your mind and your thought process and help you there? Or is it more of like these technical changes with your swing? Uh, I know you probably have viewers that don't probably might not know Butch because you may have new viewers that are new golfers. So I explain it like this. He's like Phil Jackson. He's very like, like from what I know, Phil Jackson is, he has, he has these people on a team, right? So he has to cater to each personality. So if Butch has a team, which would be all these PG tour players, he's having to cater to each personality, right? So every personality is different. Every, um, every way a player thinks, like how they want to execute their swing is different. So Butch is the king at that. So he knows, oh, this guy's technical. Okay, I get in the technical game with you then. He knows I'm not technical. You can get, get in with me without, he's a chameleon. He knows how to. And that's the thing with Bush too is not only is he amazing with his knowledge, he's taught over 12 number one players in the world. He has that knowledge as well. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I mean, Phil Jackson had yeah, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. That's all you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's how Butch is. And he's like the nicest guy in the world. You want to have a beer with him. Like, that's the type I really want to have. Beers, wings, talk stories yeah, for days. Dude, his stories have got to be. Did he tell you any, like, Tiger stories? Or like, is it mostly just kind of focusing on you, your game, your goals? Let me see the stories I could say. That are appropriate, yeah. Uh, oh, here's a story. Uh, Tiger had, uh, at the time, Stevie was his caddy. You know, Stevie yeah, was. of course, yeah. Well, Stevie to, like, go measure the distances 50 yards right, 50 yards left. Yeah. He's like, why? He's like, oh, my ball's going to go uh, everywhere. Tiger said that? So I need you to, yeah, I need you to get those distances and angles. He's like, I'm still going to play well, but yeah, just, and I'm like, that's crazy. Like to have that calmness, because, because you got to remember, I'm the guy that struggled with driver. If I had that mindset, it would just be like, wait, what? Like that's, that's just a different animal. I'm tripping. I'm like on the range, beating balls, trying to perfect this. Tiger's like, well, I'm going to hit it like that. And then he still goes out and wins like even events. It's crazy, man. Right. Yeah, like you go wins with a C game. You can, you know. So that's crazy. And it's, this is a second story. Uh, I remember Tiger going to um, – I wasn't there, but my, my buddy, um, he was canning for Tiger at Sherwood. At the time they had the uh, – you know, the hero oh, the challenge. Hero. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, it used to be called Chevron, and it was at Sherwood. My buddy was yeah, – You're there. I see you, like, post reels there. Like, you stay. You hang out there. I right? once. No, I only played once, and it was freaking pure. Um, but uh, my buddy Brian said Tiger, uh, he was getting the divot bottles, you know, yeah. the divot bottles to fill in the divots. He said, uh, Tiger told me, you're not going to need that today. I'm not making a divot. And sure enough, he didn't make one divot that day. Right. And I'm like, 
Dude, it's always crazy to hear these stories. Like, dude, for us, it's just like, whatever. But, dude, the guy's a living legend. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, those are just two stories here on this podcast. Imagine all the crazy shit he's done. It's like, fucking blows your mind. Oh, my you know God. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Sh- Maybe I can share with you off camera, but I okay, can't. When we're in LA, dude, when we go play shorter. <laughs> dude, so, okay. A tangent. What's your favorite course, like, up in your area? Whether it be, like, just all of kind of, like, you know, LA. Like, have you played the Riviera's, LACC's? Have you played, like, these courses as well? Yeah. So I played LA. I played Riv. I played Brentwood Country Club. Um, you know, Riv is just, Riv is Riv. I think Riv is probably the best uh, in LA. If you're talking about LA County, Riv is good. Um, oh, man. I, I really like, uh, Oakmont in Glendale, California. Um, I really like Brentwood Country Club. I really like Wilshire Country Club is good. Um, I never played Lakeside, and that's one that I hear that's like crazy. Um, I gotta play that. Dude, what? Where does like the Trump that Trump course sit? Like taking all the politics out of it, just looking at at the course itself. Have you played like Trump National LA? Oh yeah, that's sick. I think the golf course. I just, I think the golf course is great from a like creator looking at nice views coming from Asia. My boys from Asia that want to see a course, but from a player standpoint, it's not great. It's not designed. Yeah, but it's worth playing. Like you want to, you want to get like a couple of nice three Instagram posts, absolutely, but not like a player's course. Um, but dude, let's take it back to the story. So we had Butch. You saw, you saw Butch at twenty five. Like he he saved your life. You said that's super powerful. He freaking yeah. saved your life. We don't have to get into that. But uh-huh. like, what did sort of golf look like for you after you started seeing Butch? And like, how had your game changed? Um, it's like when you you just know like golf is a hardest sport when you practice. And after practice, you're just like, did I put in proper work? You know, do you ever get that feeling? Like, yeah, I just, like I just wasted balls. an hour of my freaking life. Yeah, like I low-key might have got work. All the time, dude. Yeah, all right. the time. Yeah, so that changed. Being with Butch, it was just like, okay, this is what Butch said. Like, Butch said this. I got to do it. Like, that uncertainty. And I was in a bad state of mind. Don't get me wrong. I was not sure of myself to begin with. So that shifted. And when that shifts, you know, you start, you start swinging differently. And um, yeah, like I won a, I won a couple mini tour events. Um, I shot 64 again at a mini tour event. So I, I got my game back. I was getting my game back. And then I told you like, you know, I got injury in my thumb. I tore a ligament in my thumb, my left thumb right here. So after that came back, it wasn't really the same. Dude, so how would you explain kind of like that mini tour life grind to someone who maybe is just like watching Golf Channel and has no idea what like you had to go through and live like on a weekly basis? Like, what is that life like? Dude, it's like, it's, man, I don't even, when I look back, I'm like, damn, I don't even know how I did it. Because my personality, I'm very antsy. I have to do something. Like I have to get something done doesn't matter what I have to get it done. So in golf, you can practice all day. You do all the things, right? I'll, I'll 
one hour in the putting green, one hour in the chipping green, two hours hitting balls, playing nine holes, seven hour a day, right? Work out, eight hour a day. I'll do all that and I'll just be like, you know, am I doing enough? Like you're like, there's always that kind of doubt. So I, I did that life for long, long time. Right. And the only, the only like standard is what you shoot. And that's a very like difficult life. Cause you could be, you could play well and shoot 75. You can re- you really could get bad breaks. And I'm not talking about excuses. Talking about bad breaks. You shoot 75 and it's just deflating, right? Missing cuts. First thing people ask, what'd you shoot? Fuck, dude. Bro, and it's like, you want to tell the story. You want to be like, well, I shot 75, but bro, I had this fucking tree and it went That doesn't matter, like, The fucking tree doesn't matter, you know? No one cares, you know? So, yeah, man, that life is tough, difficult, especially when you have a sponsor and they're sponsoring you and they're only seeing your results. And they only look at that as progression instead of like, yo, man, my game is coming, I promise. Like saying that crap, it's like useless, right? So that lifestyle, man, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. You really have to trust in your plan. Dude, it's hard. I mean, and there's a lot of fucking good guys out there too. Like I was looking at the Astro Tour the other day. Some of these scores are crazy. Like guys are going stupid low too. You know what I mean? Like you're just around these sticks. And I don't know. I just get, it's just amazing to see like in that whole – the whole process is just, it's amazing. It's super hard, but I just wanted to like hear from your perspective. Cause I don't think a lot of people like know what that's like, you know what I mean? In the golfing world. You know, these mini tour guys, they're so good at golf. They're so good at like scoring and it's, they're, as, they're good enough to be on the PG tour. And I'll tell you why a lot of guys, myself included, that aren't on the PG tour. It's because a lot of the little things like um, some guys are just not good at traveling and their game doesn't travel with them. Like if I got to travel to Florida, like that discomfort of traveling can affect your game. Not me, like not me personally, that wasn't the thing that bothered me, but you know, stuff like that could bother you. You know, being away from home for a lot of guys is tough. It's tough. And Sometimes that translates into your game, which makes you not be on the PG Tour. You got to travel. Because how long did you like, so you, was it a five-year period or how long were you like pursuing like the mini tour grind and like how long did that, did that last? Yeah, so I actually, after winning the Q school, I was in Asia a lot. So I was playing secondary tours. Uh, I was exempt for two years on Big like events. all throughout Asia, so I was out there or was it lot. just like one particular country, or was it? No, Korea, Japan, Thailand. Uh, I was in Indonesia a little bit, um, China a lot, um, Australia for a couple months. Uh, Fiji, I played in the Fiji event, VJ Singh's event. So yeah, I played in like big events. I played in an event where Jordan Speed and Rory McIlroy was there. Oh, shit. Um, Which event? Dude, that's crazy. it. Was the uh, Australian Open, yeah. Jordan Spieth won, and Rory McIlroy got second. Was that at Royal yeah. Melbourne or or like? Because I've heard there's some crazy golf in Australia too. Australian golf club, probably. Oh, that's why the best golfers I played in my life. Uh, Australian golf club, yes. Um, that and uh, the Australian PGA that I played, the course was whatever. I didn't like that course. Royal Pines, it was whatever. 
Dude, so when you look back at your career career professionally, was there one moment that like you're super grateful for or that uh you, like uh, you, it's the first thing you think of when you think of like, you know, that career, that chapter of your life? Um I think the moments that was difficult, like I remember withdrawing. It was like one of the first times I ever withdrew because it was just so bad. And I was having a little bit of a shoulder problem, but it wasn't to the point where I should withdraw. But I did because I was just playing so bad. I'm thankful for that because I realized I never want that feeling again. No matter how bad it gets, I don't want to quit. Like that, that feeling of quitting still like makes me feel like, wow, what an idiot. Like, I feel like that feeling is just like, okay, you're never going to do that again. And I'm grateful for that. Man. Dude, it sounds like there's so much growth in your life that took place. Because you, dude, you learned so much. You got to travel. You got to do all these uh, these things. And it makes you who you are, like these experiences. And I don't know. I mean, failure is a part of life, dude. We have to fail to be where we want to be. If we want to be successful. You know, right? and like, bro, I'm 30, you know, I'm 31. Like, I'm not old. But like, living a life like that before my, like in the 20s, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to have experienced success early like i was 21 when i won that's very early honestly even my parents they're just like wow you're we didn't expect you to do anything until you're 25 and i'm like well i don't know i don't know what like, we didn't know what to do after winning and i think that was also a problem because it was just like do i need to get a manager do i need to get an agent because these events i was playing were huge you know and i even like brokered my own like the callaway deal i got a i got a I got a Callaway deal clothing clubs like and balls. Um, sorry, clothing and clubs. And then Titleist, I got balls and shoes at the time. And I was doing all that. Like my parents had so like, they did, they did That's crazy. That's so badass. Yeah. And again, I'm grateful for that. And um, my parents did not do nothing. Of course, they did a lot for me. But what I'm saying is those little, you know, I didn't know how to get a manager. I didn't know how to do all that. So I had to do all that. But like you said, it brought me to today. Like I do all that now with my brand. I talk to influencers. You know, I got a PXG deal by myself. I, I do my own brand deals. Like I do all dude, that. And that's why I'm so pumped to have you on because you're badass, dude. You're like a golfer slash businessman. And that's like an inspiration to me. You know what I mean? So let's get into business, baby. How did, what's the story behind? Or, okay. All right. Before we get into business, let me let me highlight what you just said. I really appreciate you saying what you just yeah. said, and I want to ask you a question. I don't really like I at least I don't think I put all that stuff out there. How did you feel like I am like that? How did you gauge that? For me, I guess it's well, you just said your dad's a businessman, and I just get that vibe from you. Is like it's just a part of it. Uh, and I've watched your that. YouTube and like you're whipping around with your Girlfriend, yeah, you guys are you're, you guys are going around. You're handling your business, dude. You're going to clubs. You're dropping off sleeves. I see you talk to Ben Baller. I see you with Salim. Like I see you promote yourself um, really hard. Want to see some? Just make yeah, dude. I saw those. Like I, I want to buy a pair. I don't know if they're available on your site, but I don't know. <laughs> There's it's just the vibe that you kind of give off is is really what it is. And like kind of diving deeper into your bio, you see founder of story um but i think that's the right way to do it like you have the platform and then you turn the business on 
right? Because a lot of these businesses I see online are like inorganically growing their following and just shoving stuff down people's throats with like ads. And then they'll follow a bunch of people and then unfollow them. And they're not putting out good content. Like, I think your model is like the way to do it. That's my, that's you just broke down my business model. I just broke it down to my team. I said, look, we're going to build a real community. Like we could do all the ads and all that. And I'm sure we will. But right now I want to build a community because I realized this when I was when I was in Indiana. I shot content with my buddy Zach Radford. Dude, he's the guy that hits all fingers, right? Well, he's one of the best guys. Um, you're gonna have to have him on here. I'll I'll put in a good word for you guys if you want him to be on here. But um, he's a uh, he show being out there with him. There's like a lot of people coming up to him, like his fans, and he's not even from Indiana. And I realized, oh my god, I love that. Like I love that. You know, like people coming up to you and being approachable. And I'm just like, I need to build a real community. I don't want to just put up ads and do this and like, you know, get people to buy my stuff. Of course, I want people to buy my stuff. But I want them to also know like, hey, like this is coming from a guy that I work hard. I do all these things and I'm reachable. You can hit me up. Like just if you have a question. And then I did. And that's full disclosure for everyone. I just hit you up on Instagram and you responded. Right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, as long as it's not hate, I don't respond to hate. I get a lot of like hate messages. I don't respond to that. But if it's like positive, I'm like, of course I'm going to um, respond. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's, it's badass. Like it's 2023. You have Appreciate this platform that. with social media and kind of going back into like the other way I see guys and businesses, you know, they worry about product. They worry about supply chain. They worry about, branding they worry about website getting the domain name and then by the time they are ready to turn on sales they don't have anyone to sell to whereas if you create that uh you know platform organically you can worry about product later because all that stuff is going to get itself figured out but the hard part is like the sales and building the audience and that's part of why i'm just like good bow down dude sam yee baby like dude you're sick it's it's crazy because I did it backwards. But I don't think you're doing it backwards. I think everyone else is doing it backwards, bro. I really think that's the thing. I, so that's a great point because I started story in 2017, right? And I came out with – my main product right now is sun sleeves, but I came out with hats, bags, polos, and I did it wrong. I was trying to do this infrastructure where I was trying to just sell, 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 right? And then I didn't start social media until 2019. So for two years, I was just trying to do this. And I'm like, this is terrible. I have all this inventory, not selling anything. And I'm like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to chill like, and not buy anything. I just wasted so much money. Started doing tips, sleeves. Uh, I always wore sleeves though. So I just wore it. And I was like, oh, I'll put my logo on it. It's cool. And then from there, I started building my audience always DMing people back, always commenting people back, um, always emailing people back, building through that way. And then sure enough, like, yeah. Dude, so said. the sleeve, is that, where, oh. what's the inspiration for the sleeve? Was it like, because you'd mentioned basketball, but I is it like kind of a shooting sleeve thing? No, so I actually had skin problems when I was growing up. I wasn't wearing sunblock, and I started getting, at 13, I was getting crazy spots. Like 13, and my mom was just like, that's, 
you're 13, but your arm looks like you're 30. You know, that's not good. And so it's, it's, it was typically uh, a product from Asia, right? And everyone, like when I started, Asia like, oh, you just know. Korea or like Japan, Korea? Oh, I think it was a lot in Korea. Yeah. And um, also, my tan was terrible. Like, my. Dude, did you see that picture of Matt, Mac Boucher? Did you see that? Mike, you know how many people tag me that? They're like, bro. He's pretty sick, too. Like, he's really cool. Yeah. So, I like him. He, I know he has a lot of, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. I actually don't know him, but uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Um, but yeah, I started wearing because I had a, a problem with my skin. And then a couple coaches of mine had a problem with their skin. And then Butch did, too. So, it just matched. And then I figured out how to do a special print on my sleeves. It's not just regular printing. Like I went through, I went through 50 different prints to finally get. Do you mean like the design or the material or, or, or what do you mean by print? So you can't, you're not going to see it through the camera, but there's a, this is a like a type of print where when you stretch it, it doesn't crack, but most prints crack. I just found a way to kind of just, but honestly, I couldn't find a way before because it didn't come out with the technology. The technology just came out. So, so yeah, then thankfully it's when there. When did it start like kind of taking off? Was there like an aha moment or, because you had said you'd started your Instagram in 2019 and really like going hard on that. I guess, was there a moment or like a post where that kind of went viral that you started seeing like these little upticks, upticks, upticks that kind of like you know, made you think, okay, we got something here or, or what was the story really behind like the growth? Cause now you look at your guys' brand and you're fucking everywhere, dude. You're on every PGA tour, uh, caddy's arms. You're on, like with Butch, like it's, it's a big deal, right? That's a great question. Um, you know where I think the aha moment was, um, if I had the, let's say I had the aha moment right now. Okay. The aha moment would be, all the hard work that I put in because there wasn't, because the mo- the aha moments that I thought was before wasn't an aha moment. Like when I thought, like I, for instance, I'd get on a celebrity. I'd be like, oh my God, we made it. No, we didn't. Cause the sales didn't do anything. You know what I mean? So it's like, when I look back at the aha moment, aha moment, it's all the times that I drove to San Diego two hours to deliver 12 sleeves to a golf course. It was, you know, giving out a free hundred sleeves to a tournament. It was, um, you know, going to Korea and working with the factory and making sure the thread is good, making sure, you know, the print quality is good, making sure those are the aha moments. Not, um, even like right now I'm talking to Dick Sporting Goods to get in, I'm going to work, but even that I know if I get in, it would be like, what's next? Because I learned very quickly, like, if you get too up and down in this business, it's just it's just detrimental to yourself because your expectations need to be... Um, yeah, like you're leveled, you're not emotional, you're like even keel logical. Yeah. I'm an emotional person, so I have to be more logical in order to balance myself. You understand what I'm saying? I'm all about balance. 
So I look at the logical side. I'm like, well, I'll pick this. Like, oh, okay, you got you got your deal in there. Great. You got the Dick's Sporting Goods. The PO's high. Great. Right. Dude, so you had mentioned your dad's a businessman earlier on. Like, how did he influence you from like an entrepreneurial standpoint? My dad's like, my dad's like, the, my dad's a gangster, man. Like my dad, um, so my mom and dad's dynamic is my mom, my dad's family, my mom's family was, they did well. And my dad's family, I don't know, I don't think they did too well. They're okay. But my dad, you know, had jobs with like being a janitor at Glendale Community College or like my dad did weird jobs, you know, odd jobs. And he, he's a self-made man. He got his, he worked at a, he went to UCLA Extension, didn't speak English well, but got a degree to UCLA Extension, worked at a import-export business, made his way up, salesman uh, to like a high up, and then made his own business after that. So... Um, my dad always showed me how to do it. He never told me. So meaning like he didn't really show me hands on, but I was like an audience watching my dad waking up at 5 a.m. going to work. Um, but dude, I think that's so much more powerful from my perspective as well, because like there's so much information that exists online and you can read books and you can do all this stuff. But dude, at the end of the day, you just have to take fucking action and do it. And like, you just have to do it. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a podcast or like, you know, a story or a brand or this or that. You just have to take action and like move in that direction because a lot of people think too much about it and they don't take action. And like telling someone how to do something is cool, but showing them, I guess it puts it more in action. And that really sticks out with me from what you had just said. You know, I said earlier to you, I don't, I'm a person with no talent in golf, right? If I had to say there's one thing that I feel like I'm good at, and I don't say that a lot of myself, I don't say I'm good at a lot of things, but I think I'm good at putting myself in a position around the right people. I think I'm good at that because I always come in humble. I always come in wanting to learn. When you're around people that are successful, if you're someone that wants to learn and fascinated with what that person has accomplished, very rarely, do those people like tell you to F off? Seriously. And you know, I, I learned that through watching Steve Jobs on YouTube. You, he said that about H Hewlett Packard. Um, he was like 13 and called and the CEO actually answered from like the yellow pages and he got a job that summer at Hewlett Packard at HP. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy to me. And so we have social media, like we can outreach anybody. I can, I can message Obama if I wanted. He's not going to read it. But that's to me is so powerful because like, like I, that's how I get a lot of guests, man. Is like, I'll just reach out to them and say like, Hey, my name's Daniel. I have this podcast and granted I have tools, right? So I like, I have this web scraping tool that I'll go to like anyone I think is interesting and I can basically just grab their website. So like I was just emailing Patrick Reed's wife, Justine, thinking like that would be a super interesting interview. And like, I basically set up this email sequence outreach with like three touch points and eventually she got back. But still, like you said, there's literally no excuse. You can freaking contact anyone. It's awesome, dude. Like I'm just stoked we're living in 2023. Dude, it's, and like, I'm still in this process for myself, but I, I'm like coming to realize too, like, oh, 
what you need to be doing is what you want to like what not what you want to do what you need to be doing is what you're thinking about all the time so like the first thing that i needed i shifted in my mind was what i'm thinking about all the time right so like if i was thinking about girls all the time that's not going to get me anywhere to be honest right so i realized you know i'm a man like before my girlfriend of course but i'm a man so i was just like thinking about girls all the time growing up as a kid oh i want to get girls i want to get girls but that got me nowhere. I, I understood that, right? So when I was like 26, my mind shifted to like, okay, you're not going to be on the PD tour. Like how you're playing golf, it's just not going to happen. And then for since 26, 27 till now, I'm watching things. I'm here. I'm listening to things. I'm moving. I'm intentionally meeting people where I want to get to, right? So I shifted my thinking to where it's okay. My movement has changed. I feel like at least the people that I know, or not the people that I know, like a lot of people that I see, when I hear them talk, it doesn't match what they do. So no, no problem. That's fine. But once you're able to match what you say, like your you're reactions, that's when it. you know I'm A, doing what I want to be doing. You're about it, right? So if you want to talk to people for a living, there's podcasts. Well, dude, it's 2023. Like you, everyone should be able to have their own personal brand. And I talk a little bit about that in the podcast as well. It's like, we have these platforms and if you're miserable, like it's not an excuse. You have to figure it out. And figuring it out to me means a lot of different things. Like figuring it out means like, okay, how can I kind of like build a platform? How can I figure out my golf swing? Everyone in life is trying to figure it out. So that's kind of why I, I titled this podcast, figuring it out. It's like, Dude, there's ways to figure things out. And I think like you have to have some sort of platform and that's what I'm, what I'm trying to do through the pod. But you're right. Like, dude, there's, we have all of this information at our fingertips. We have like all of this technology. You should be able to accomplish whatever you want. And I truly believe that it's just about taking the action and, and moving forward and like making it and being about it, dude. Cause it's hard to be about it. Right. I mean, you're about it. I'm about it. Not everyone's about it, but. I don't know. I just want to like look back at my life and be like, dude, I fucking gave it my all. I did everything I possibly could. I don't want to die with regret is really, and this is a golf podcast, but dude, that's how I'm, and that's my mentality. It's like, I'm okay with taking a risk because I know it's going to be better like in the long run and it's okay to sacrifice now. Right. Regret. That's the, that's the word because I'm a big Gary Vee fan and I, I listen to Gary Vee a lot. And it's crazy because I just got invited to his golf tournament. That was a tournament I played at Sherwood. That was Gary V's people inviting me. And I, you know, Wait, I the Wash Lord or the Wash Lord one? No, no, that's coming up. But this one was like a, a foundation ran. This was Justin Turner's, Justin Turner's golf tournament, a baseball player. But Gary V, Vader Media had a big um, presence in the tournament. And so his people been following me on Instagram and they're super cool. Tyler and Nate, shout out Tyler and Nate. Um, they're Gary's people and they wanted me to come. And I was like super grateful, super thankful. And, but it hit me after the tournament. I'm like, oh my God, I was listening to Gary V since 2015, 2016. And like the fact that I'm here with his people playing golf tournament, that's crazy. You know? So everything's intentions. Like what, what are your intentions? 
Dude, so who are your biggest like inspirations in business then? I mean, you brought up Steve Jobs, you brought up Gary Vee. Like, do you have a guy that you like kind of look into and and look toward to as like motivation? Man, so I listen to sometimes I listen to the same podcast three times, um, just so that I, I don't miss anything. But I I really like listening to like um, uh, Joe Rogan Joe Rogan podcast. I'm a huge Elon. Okay, I'll just go down the list. Elon Musk. I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. Um, I love listening to Fifty Cent. I've always been a fan of Fifty Cent, um, as much as his music. Dude, I just re- I just re-listened to Massacre that album. Dude, Fifty Cent is Fifty Cent is a genius, dude. Like he's 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 crazy because everything he does, it's um, it's about war. So like every move he makes, it's like three steps ahead, that move, right? And so I love listening to 50 Cent. I love listening to uh, Elon Musk. Um, I love Impact Theory. I, I always listen to Impact Theory by Tom Bailu. He started Quest Nutrition. Um, I love listening to, man, there's so many people I listen to, man. Um, but yeah. Business stuff, like, I think there's a guy named Dame Dash. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he was in the music industry, right? So he was Rockefeller Records. And then, you know, he's a very uh, sporadic guy, but I, I really like how his mind works. Like, he, he's the type of person where he'll look at Netflix and he'll be like, okay, I'm going to have my own streaming service. I'm not going to hop on to Netflix. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my own streaming service. Because think about it, if I can, if you make $10 million on your own, is that better? Or is it better to make $10 million of another entity that you don't own and go through all these contractual stuff that you don't even know? And then you get, right. you know what I mean? Like that mindset. That's probably just a fraction of the, the overall income, right. right? I mean, it's just. It's just more work and it takes more time, but I'm willing to wait. You know what I mean? That's the thing for me. I don't need it right now. I'm good. Like I don't. I'm not a lavish spender. Like I, that's why I feel like I am where I am. I've always waited. Like I, I'm not. I'm not going to sacrifice. Um, but dude, you were rolling around in whips in that Korean video I saw. Oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a driver. Dude, so what's next for story? So story, right? Can you give us like a little? We got a lot of stuff going on. A little uh, yeah. breaking. Or exclusive? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to... I'm going to probably do this drop uh, for the Masters. It's a tie-dye. The green tie-dye sleeves for the Masters. It's going to be a Masters drop. Okay. Yeah, those are hard. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, I got the Ben Baller tournament coming up. Um, I'm actually just finished up doing the sleeves for... Uh, Live Tour Range Goats, the Range Goat Squad, Ooh. Aces Golf. Yeah, they have a pretty sick logo. I I don't know. I, I'm think I'm about live. Like I'm just about the game. I'm not about the game going more. Different people. You want to see? A yeah, that's what it comes down for me. A lot of guys draw a line. I'm just like yeah. golf in general. Like I'm bullish on golf. Is what me it too. is. I'm gonna show you a picture of the Range Goat sleeves. I just finished them. That's what it is. That logo is pretty hard. I like the it's, logo, it's cool, man. I like it a lot. Shout out Gabe, uh, Bubba's caddy, Bubba's friend. That's a good friend of mine, Gabe. 
Dude, speaking of ownership too, it's cool how they're owned and operated. Like the teams themselves are their own entities. I think that's awesome. And they have they all hire their own like marketing people. They're able to do their own kind of thing independently. As an outsider, kind of looking in, it's it's really interesting. I'm I think that's a that's a really cool model. Yeah. No, it's just interesting, man. It's like golf's in an interesting place. Like we have to make it more appealing and more interesting, and and like people like are on social media, like we, it, it just has to be, it has to evolve. And that's why I think like what you're doing on your platform is also really cool too, because like, dude, you had mentioned wanting to go pro, but you have like more followers than probably like the average tour guy. Therefore you could argue like you're making more impact and getting seen by more people. I mean, your engagement's crazy. You go through your reels, like 200 K 150 K 300 K. So I thought one had like 700,000. That's way more engagement than like, some professional golfers, right? No, I mean, I think a lot of pro golfers. <laughs> so the, a lot of the golfers, the thing is like, when you're playing professional golf, you're in a bubble. So you're not really trying to like do anything other than golf. So I'm trying to say this in the nicest way, but I think there's only one way to say it. It's like not a lot of golfers have a lot of personality. To be honest, you know, like, at least that's what I've experienced. There's a lot of golfers that do, but, um, you know, you just see the guy, they just want to golf and not be bothered a lot of the times. I understand. Yeah, but there's that PIP thing. It's like, it's all about who has more engagement, more fan. Like, you have to care about that, I think, as an athlete. And especially in 2023, if you have your own brand, like, you have to do this. This is just comes with a territory. I know the United might, might not be interested, but it's. I think it's a skill at the end of the day, too. Like, when you first started making content to now, like, if I were to go back and scroll to when you first started doing, like, tips, I'm assuming that post wouldn't be as good, as appealing, as engaging as, like, what you'd just you know, posted, right? Like it's a tip or it's, it's a skill, man. You have to learn it and it's valuable in 2023. Um, I'm learning a lot. I'm a part of a new YouTube channel called Exterior Golf. Uh, my buddy, two of my buddies, it's a pretty big YouTube channel now. It's like, yeah. Um, the guy that started it, he has a, uh, like 8 million subscribers on other channel and it's nothing to do with golf. And I learned a lot from him, Brian. He's like, you know, knows ins and outs of like you know what people want to see what people like you know how to make sure the audio is good so i'm learning a lot from him he's he's my guy so you definitely should try to have him on i mean i'll put in a good word yeah no i'm down dude i actually had a uh daniel solner his name's short game king on instagram he because he started with zero followers and he grew it to like 120,000. Like there's just so many, it's just a skill, dude. Like he's crushing it as well. So, but anyways, would you, would you be, would you ever come on the pod again? Cause I got to go drive an hour to play some golf right now, dude. Would you ever come on again? I love this stuff. I love talking. Okay. So. Okay. Well, dude, I really appreciate you. Um, and we still have a lot to talk about. Why don't we continue this like soon? We can do that if you want all right, I'm going to end it here. Any last words, though? Oh, okay, let's just, real fast, quick plug. Where can people find you or where can people support you? Um, honestly, shoot me an email, uh, sammygolf at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions, you want a discount code on the sleeves, shoot me an email. Um, I'd rather you do that. And um, so, yeah, sammygolf at gmail.com. S-A-M-I or S-A-M-Y-I. Yeah. Golf at gmail.com. Okay. 
Cool, man. All right. Well, we, I really appreciate you, dude. I'm freaking pumped. You have me inspired and uh, just stay on here. All right.